Coming up on Verse Chorus Verse, grab that one you love, or that one that you're kind of into right now. Sit back, relax, and let us take you there with some smooth jazz, you cool cats. If you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs, if you can trust yourself when Welcome to Verse Course Verse. I am DL. With me is nobody right now, but that is going to change soon. My good friend Sven, smooth jazz lover Knutsen, is going to join me soon. And then we've got a very, 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 very special guest after that. How are you all doing? I am doing great. It's been a long week of work, and this is kind of the look, interviews are stressful. This one, it's no different. Prepping is hard work for an interview, and that is by no means a reflection on the person being interviewed. She is a delight. She is a joy. She is the one and only Carrie Kirkland, who's been a great friend of the pod since uh, we met through Instagram. She has been kind of got the world on a string the last couple years, uh, pumping out incredible music. We're going to talk to her about it today. Yeah. How's real life going for you all? Is it going okay? We are uh, recording this in February. Life is a little bit stressful. I think I need this day. This is our third interview that we are recording this year. The interviews have been incredible. They really have. Very humbling, very great to talk to these people. Uh, I guarantee you this one is going to be no different whatsoever. Before we get more into uh, what we're doing tonight, what we're going to do tonight, let's touch on the pod a little bit. Season three, we are well on our way. Hope everybody's enjoying it. I think we are kind of found our groove. Let us know if you think differently, anything else that you want us to do differently. It kind of feels like, boy, this season just feels different. It feels like we haven't done a lot of the things that we usually do, give or take. We're still talking music, right? A lot of hip-hop so far really just because of covering Tupac dissecting songs that's been really fun it's a while in this season before we do a good old-fashioned album exchange and I'm okay with that I think this has been really fun so far albeit what is going to be fun this year is the multiple chances that Sven and I are going to have to talk jazz this year we have numerous we have a, a couple friends that are coming out with albums this year uh, we're going to talk about both of those, actually three. There's a musician as well that's coming out with something that I'd like to try to talk to. At the very least, we're going to talk about the album. Once this episode airs, we will have already done our jazz episode where Sven talks Gene Harris, one of our favorites from uh, back in the day, and I talk Billie Holiday. I got to be honest with you. The whole idea to do Billie Holiday came from, we were doing the song dissections, and I have a theme this year, and I was bummed because the whole, the first song that I wanted to do, as far as the song dissections, was Strange Fruit. I wanted to talk about Strange Fruit. That song just didn't fit into the theme that I realized that I wanted to build for the year. So, a little bit bummed that we didn't talk about that song. That song was talked about in the jazz episode i'm sure i mean it's kind of weird sorry i'm fumbling my words because we haven't actually done it yet so you know what i will make sure that i did talk about strange fruit i mean you can't talk about billy holiday without talking strange fruit so no big deal there but yeah we're getting to talk about a lot of jazz this year going back to our roots i know that makes sven happy it definitely makes me happy been really into the older stuff this year as you're going to see from the podcast uh some 60s stuff some 50s stuff some soul singers jazz it's been really fun to get back into that stuff and one of the things that we get to talk about regarding jazz this year is carrie kirkland's new album 
Carrie coming on today to talk about that. Awesome that uh, I didn't think that I would actually have the vinyl for her album yet, but it sounds like she kind of got it a little quicker than she thought she was going to. And it sounds like she even did a little bit of a rush on it to make sure to get it to specific people. Uh, so anybody that's listening to this that is a Carrie fan, appreciate the fact that she got those two, all of us. She is a badass. She has been a badass. First album did incredibly well. This album, I'm sure, is going to do just as, if not more well good. I want to get into this, uh, but I'm going to wait for her. So yeah, I do. I actually have two vinyl pre-ordered. And of course, Carrie, being the human that she is, sent me an extra, which I'm going to tell her why that's such an awesome thing that she did. And I think she will like it. Uh, I do like to own multiple vinyl when I can, when it's cheaper, or if I find a cheaper one that I already have, I buy another one and I will explain why. But we are going to talk her new album, If, When You Go. She got the title, you know, When You Go in parentheses. It's <laughs> it's better to hear it written out, but hey, podcast. This is a talking venue, damn it. It is a, a Judy Zook song from back in the day. Uh, Judy Zook, if you don't know who she is, you've heard like the song Stay With Me Till Dawn. You've probably heard that. It's like a 70s, I hope. Early 80s or 70s hit. Great song. Incredibly interesting artist in Judy Zook. So I'll be interested to ask her why this song and a lot of the themes from this album, which are very obvious. Looking forward to asking her why she picked the songs that she picked. Really good choices just like in her last album, really good choices as well. And then obviously we will spend time talking about her methods and the insane talent that she somehow manages to keep pulling together. I shouldn't say somehow. It's pretty, you know what? I'm going to save all that. I'm really putting the cart before the horse's apples. You know what I mean? How about if I start with a little bit more YouTube complaining. Should I do that? I think I did that in my last interview beforehand. Should I do it again? Not, you know what? I'm not going to, I'm going to keep it a positive vibe. Look, it's been a rough couple months for me personally. I kind of need this positive energy today. I'm going to have record a double episode here. I'm going to have a few drinks with people that I uh, very much enjoy, have a really good time, get done with that, spend a little bit of time with the fan probably listening to vinyl, maybe watching a movie. I'm in the opposite of burnout mode right now. So I'm very back into music. I am listening to music all the time, all day at work. My podcast listening has gone way down. My music listening has gone way up. So who knows? Maybe it's an every other year thing. I don't know. But music, music, give it to me, give it to me, which is a very, very good feeling. It also maybe has to do with the fact that I have not been bombarded with new music this year. I feel like every single band came out with an album last year. I don't feel so much this year. I've started, you know, there are some albums here or there that I've been looking at to uh, potentially put on the quickfire reviews for the first quarter of the year, but it's not, you know, oh great, we already have 15 albums and it's February. It's It hasn't been like that for me uh, and I love it. It's been very nice to just kind of do what I want. All four of us don't have to, we don't have to over plan stuff and we kind of know what's going to happen with who and each of our individual stupid quirks and awesome quirks. We, we kind of, well, I think we probably like each other less, but we work together better. Isn't that kind of what a healthy coworker relationship is? You don't like each other, but you're really good at working together. That's, that's a healthy work relationship, right? I'm not being serious. I do like those people. I promise. I guess I will wait to record anything else until Sven gets here. I, I think Sven might get on a little bit before Carrie so we can chat a little bit, uh, get prepped. Maybe I'll just use the time that I have left before Sven gets here to say that last year, in the beginning of this year too, because of the YouTube stuff, I think I've done a, a good amount of complaining, the negativity that's involved in starting a podcast and having a podcast and the music industry in general, there's a lot of extremely negative right now. All you people that are independent artists, all you people that are music lovers, all you people that want to uh, see live shows, I think you know what I'm talking about. But we can focus on the good today. We already did our interview with Mr. Nick Lee, who was just a beautiful person 
and hearing about his successful battles and his the trying times that he's going through and still just trying to get his art out there. You know, I'm about to talk to another person in Carrie that has just from day one has been everything that you would hope an artist would be uh, completely open to her fans, completely appreciative, humble, a little bit self-deprecating with plenty of confidence, self-deprecation while exuding confidence. I'm trying to think of somebody to akin that to, but I can't because I'm not as quick-witted as the people that do do that like a Robert Downey Jr. maybe, but probably she does less drugs. Once again, anybody that's listening to this podcast or people that have tuned in just for this because you're a Carrie fan, you don't love our stuff because we're jerks uh, who talk about too much hard rock. But today we're talking to Carrie and you like Carrie, so you're here. First off, thank you. If all we get is one episode of a listen, hey, I understand. Thank you so much for being here. You know why you're here, and that's because of Carrie, and not just because of the music, and I'm trying to avoid using specific adjectives up front that I want to use while describing the music. What I'm trying to avoid is giving kind of the biggest compliment that I have for this new album. Evading that, I will just say that getting to meet people like this and talk to people like this and watch them and their uh, relationship with music and the industry happen is worth all of the negative stuff. It absolutely is. And I do think that there are people like this in the industry that make the struggle worth it. And maybe we'll even be able to help things along a little bit, maybe go to a more positive place. See, I'm vague and poorly spoken. I'm much more eloquent when I'm negative, so I apologize for that. I'm not used to having to be nice. I'm going to go ahead and uh, get the fuck out of here. I'm going to go make myself a drink, and when I come back, I'm going to have Sven for a little bit, and we'll wait until Carrie's on. Talk to her, Tad. Everybody, welcome to episode 118 of Verse Chorus Verse with Carrie Kirkland. I'll be right back. When you try your best, but you don't succeed When you get what you want, but not what you need When you feel so tired, but you can't sleep Stuck in rivers And the tears come streaming well, hey, Sven. Hey. Are you ready to talk some jazz? Are you ready to talk some smooth jazz? I wish I could um, do a Barry White. Yeah, I can't either. If, parentheses when you go, I'm hoping and thinking that you've probably listened to it, Sven. I have. I actually listened to nine albums in the process. Was this because you were listening to the, the songs that were arranged? Yeah. So some songs on this album that I am completely unfamiliar. There were definitely ones that I'm like, I know that song. I've played that song. I I know this in and out, yep. know the changes. There was a few though that I was like, I, I don't know them. So yeah. I, I wanted to get familiar with as many different versions. That was a lot of fun. I actually had a ton of fun doing the research. The For homework sure. on this was awesome. So I, thank you, com- I very, very much agree in fake reality world our jazz episode will have came out the week before this but for you and i this episode is kind of starting our jazz kick yeah we get to we get to talk jazz for a couple episodes we actually i think we're going to talk jazz a couple other times too this year because you and i have another good friend that's coming out with another album that's fucking absurd too we get to talk about a lot of jazz this year Sven. genre wise it's one of the ones that i can never have enough of i can't have enough jazz in my life i'm actually sort of disappointed in myself for not taking time to listen to more jazz there's a good reason i have a good excuse for busy the lack of jazz yeah that that's what it boils down to and and (laughs) jazz is one of those things that i feel like it's an insult to the artist's and the musicians to not give them 100% of my attention. Oh. So it's one of the genres. You know how I always talk about mindless music. I love stuff yeah. you can just throw on and dance to or drive to, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't do that to jazz with I, very few I get exceptions. That. Yeah. I can see that. I'm kind of the same way. I don't, I'm not as strict 
about it as it sounds like you are, but I am very much a, if I'm going to listen to a good jazz album, it needs to be a weekend. I don't yeah. want to have to work the next. That's how much forethought I want to put into it. I want to just be able to sit there. I want the house to be quiet. I want the room to be the right temperature and lighting. I want the right drink. I, I can't I be too tired either because yes. it's like a mental workout a lot of times, depending on the jazz that you're into. It can be mm -hmm. mentally draining just. Or even an album like this, and this isn't an insult. I think it's more of a compliment to the structure of the album. If I'm too tired or I'm not in the right mood, an album like this is not going to hit me. Oh, yeah. And I'll catch myself and I'll be like, nope, this is the wrong time to be listening to this album. I'll admit that my first pass through on, on this album, I missed a whole ton. It was just something I was just trying to put it on just to get into the rhythm of listening to it. And I knew that I was going to listen to it several times. And I totally missed a whole bunch of like reharmonizations, a whole bunch of like revoicings, mm -hmm. things that we'll talk about. Some questions I'd love to get Carrie's <laughs> take on some answers here. I don't know. I feel like jazz is one of those. It's music for musicians a lot of time. Even things that are the most accessible and artists that are really accessible. Like I feel this is a good, not like one of the jazz, like snobby jazz albums. This is like a, a pop jazz albums. Like if you like pop music, I think you could very easily get into this and mm -hmm. not feel that you're overwhelmed with the jazziness. You know, sometimes like forms get really loose and jazz musicians take chords to places that are in the stratosphere Very and you have to so. have a really good grasp on all sorts of theory and concepts. Carrie doesn't do that to you. Sven, what are you drinking tonight? Most important part of the night. Most important. We're doing that now? We're doing it right now. I'm drinking an Irish coffee. I'm getting ready. This is a double episode we are doing starting right now on this one. Mariner's, Mariner's mug? Mariner's. What are you drinking? Oh, yeah, that's right. Here. I love it. A Seattle baseball. in the state. A Terminal Gravity. It is a hazy IPA called Future Legend. What's you know me the, and my uh, IPAs. What's the uh, Ibu? I don't think this one's too intense. They don't tell me. It's uh -oh. 6.9 alcohol, but they don't tell Girl. me how bitter this one is. It's not that hoppy, though. Crack so that open. For, yeah, and I'm going to let Carrie into the building. Oh, she's, she's here. here. Let's talk to Miss Kirkland. Hey. I'm sorry, baby. I didn't mean to turn. Carrie, that's really Yo. unprofessional. Oh, it's so <laughs> I've become completely unprofessional since you've seen me last. What kind of apple? We're off to a great start, right, Carrie? I know, huh? I'm learning so much. Um, on that note, I just sent you guys an email with an MP3 in it. You don't have to do this, but I was hoping you would uh, play it to yourselves and listen to it. And I could get your reaction live. Oh. Because. Yeah. But you, um, don't, you don't have to. And obviously, like, you don't have to put this in anything. But before we start, I thought, hey, this might be fun. Oh, shit. And I don't. Have wanna, you like, opened it, Sven? I don't want to dig into the time. But <laughs> if you don't have yes. it. <laughs> and it's that like, is so it's cool. very basic all right because guess what i had jury duty and a million other things but i have should to. we do this right now you, you are I'm, you listening I, already yeah do you want to do you want to start at the same time sure <laughs> you, let's do a countdown we each hit play kind of a thing all right one two three play while i'm i already like the beginning the amazing carrie kirkland has sent us a song called by your side yeah, this is fucking awesome. <laughs> Sven's face right now. Because it's Portlandia. What? what? Yeah. Oh, you're on the wrong. You're on the <laughs> <laughs> on the wrong email or something. You're in the email I sent like in the afternoon. Ah, today. there's oh. the MP3. It went to you, so I was not listening that whole time. That was the best because your face. I was like, oh shit, I screwed up. This so was not a good idea. No, I was trying to figure out what was going on. I like this though. Ooh. So while Sven catches up, <laughs> our theme song, By Your Side, which I think most of you would know by now, was written by Sven. It was one of the tracks that he had written a while ago. And uh, when we were talking about putting this podcast together, I heard it and I was like, this is a perfect theme song. And Carrie's got a remix. <laughs> It's my 90s homage. There's the drop. I like yours better than mine. No. Better than either of mine. Yeah. Yo. That is <laughs> Okay. That's it. I'm done. That was Who my did night. You... I'm did you produce this? I'm anybody? happy now. No, I just did this on GarageBand in like uh, four hours. That was pretty sweet. That's our show, everybody. I can't I'm <laughs> 
Are you fucking kidding me? No, I, so I, good. so when I heard on an episode, Sven was talking about like how he likes any songs with vocals, like acapella vocals or barbershop or what, like whatever, where it's just the vocals. And I was like, damn, I love that theme song. And I was like, I wonder if I could do like a little something just to make it my own and like tweak, you know, this, that, whatever. And because I'm, you know, I'm like the nineties queen, I was like, I'm going to throw some nineties sounds in there and I'm going to make it like this. Sweet little 90s homage to By Your Side. So I just did it. It's it's a little thank you to Sven for- You are so awesome. Writing a great song and putting, and for you guys putting it as the theme song, because it's a great song and you do not have to play it by any means. No, I'm definitely going to put it in the, this Ooh. is great, Carrie. This is fantastic. Mid 90s, like the British, not LCD sound system, but I'm trying to think of like a British LCD sound system. Like Veruca not... Salt, kind of. Man, okay, you you have thrown me off. Sorry. No, no, Didn't no. Didn't mean to have a bad start. <laughs> That's not a bad start. That's an amazing start. Are you kidding I've me? I've only heard the first 58 seconds. Carrie Kirkland is with us, everybody. As you can see, I, we already we did a little bit of an intro before you came on just to talk about how awesome of a person you are that you've been since we... I mean, that right there is pretty much who... Carrie is. It's really, really awesome. Carrie, how are you? <laughs> you guys are so sweet. I'm I'm great now. I'm great being here with you. This is like the best part of my entire year so far. So what's actually no, I take that back. It's like the second best thing. I <laughs> you just a, came out with an album for Christ's sake. <laughs> well, that's why I say like shit, I shouldn't really put that. Like it's like it's like when someone says that like getting their their rescue dog was the best day of their life while their husband is standing there. And it's like, uh, I mean, actually, <laughs> I mean, that's understandable. Um, yeah. No. Uh, yeah. No, I'm great right now. I'm great right yeah. now. I, yeah. This has been a year. Scale of one to 10. How stressful has the year been so far? Take it back just a notch into December. Cause I got COVID really, really bad, which put a huge dent you can even kind of hear it. It's still there. You it put a huge dent in everything from for album promotion and stuff. So mm. I was just flat out knocked down for six weeks, almost five and a half weeks. Still in my voice, and I just. What was the release date of if if when you go? It was January thirteenth. It was Friday the thirteenth. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. The guts on you, Carrie. It wasn't um, really on purpose. It wasn't oh. me. No, it was like all the people involved who said it needs to be that day. Actually, this is a great place to start uh, because on more of a surface level, a lot of what I want to talk about, and I think Sven too today, is how an album like this with the people that are involved, but still being independent even happens. So on that surface level, when it comes to artwork, release dates, who, where do you even start with that? Yeah, with a big whiteboard and you kind of work backwards. I mean, I got the date basically from the radio promoter who said, this is going to be the best date for me because I already know what's coming out. Start there. And then from there, you, you have to work backwards in terms of what is due first. And essentially the vinyl is due a year ago, which I didn't have ready. I submitted my vinyl at the end of June and I just got it last week. Yeah. That was a huge thing because, of course, all the artwork had to be done before that. I did all of the artwork myself. I didn't take the front cover picture, but I took the back cover picture and I had to do all the graphic design for it. I mean, then it's just like you start the promo four months before it comes out and it's, it's madness. If you can dedicate yourself to it, it's it's 10 hours a day. That's on top of like... This is the first time I've played out, you know, this fall. I was booked solid from middle of September till middle of November. I think wow. I had three days off. Yeah. I will be the one. This is me complaining, not Carrie. As far as the vinyl, and I'm not going to name names or anything like that, but was the vinyl date <laughs> fucked with at all because of maybe other Somebody artists? Somebody else having massive printing yeah pressings that we're taking <laughs> do we want to just call a spade a spade here <laughs> yes yes okay. uh, we were told back in in june that it was very likely it would be a year luckily because i just hustled and i got my ass in gear and i said no i'm gonna get everything in earlier than they're asking for it because they put these deadlines on you and 
I said, no, I'll get everything in early just in case there's a chance. And then they bumped it to March and then they bumped it middle of February. And then thank goodness it was even earlier. It's because all of the wax is used, you know, yeah. they don't have it and they don't have the time. You know, I'm a, I'm a tiny run, yeah. 450 albums. It's like not important in the grand scheme of things. <laughs> they don't care. I'm hoping that it's a temporary situation for small artists that will force a better situation soon. Hopefully all these pressings that shut down in the 80s maybe start to come back. And, you know, yeah. if, if we have artists like Jack White that are doing the thing, like starting their own printing press and doing that, then hopefully uh, it doesn't seem like vinyl is going to go away anytime soon. Seems That's like funny it's... you say that because... Everything I've been reading and everything I've been hearing lately says it is. Vinyl has, you know, spun it again. And the other thing that is a problem is it's just a, it's a matter of resources, you mm -hmm. know? They just don't have the wax to do this. And especially like the, you know, I did mine on 180 gram vinyl. Thank you like, for that. <laughs> but that's a big deal. It's a huge deal. Mm -hmm. And again, it, it just takes longer. It's harder. It's more complex. And there you go. But the good news is that I can see behind you, you have your copy. That's a good day for me. I've got two copies because <laughs> the person that I got it from is so awesome that she sent another. I'm so grateful for the support. And I think you should have a gift in your pocket if you need it. Or poor Sven, who's not buying vinyl anymore, which is beyond my oh, Slam. Um, I want you to know how much I appreciate the two vinyl. My grandpa, back in the day, growing up around my grandpa, huge book reader. And one of the things that he did a lot of times, if he read a book he really liked, he'd buy another one. If he was talking to somebody about it and they seemed interested, he'd give them the second book. So sometimes if I'm around a record store or something and I find a cheap version of something I already have, I like to have a second copy. So if I'm sitting there listening to music and somebody's like, oh, that's really great, I can just give them the vinyl. So now I have a second carry the first time that somebody's like, man, this is good. I'd be like, here you go. I love this. This <laughs> makes my whole day. <laughs> what a beautiful story. Your granddad's a good guy. He He's a pretty good dude. Um, I'm going to start coming to your house and just like listening to music more often. Just be like, oh, this one's awesome. This is really good. Where's mine? <laughs> well, you don't listen to it anymore. You're vinyl. I spin vinyl all the time. I just don't oh, buy yeah, new you don't vinyl. Buy it. He's just That's not buying right. new stuff. You're right. You're right. Man, we've barely even scratched the surface. You already talked about how you, you did the art on the back of the vinyl. Where is the inspiration for that from? For those of you that haven't seen it yet, go look at it. CarrieKirkland.com. Are you on Bandcamp? I am. Go to Bandcamp. She has her own website. She has an Instagram. Carrie Kirkland Music. Is it Joshua Tree-esque portion of California? So it's actually... It's just a couple of miles up the hill from me up here. What I really wanted for this album was, uh, I always talk about how inspired I am by where I live. And what I moved here because of how magical it is and how amazing it is. The first album, the artwork is all about Seattle. Everything was shot on Alki Beach. It's as Seattle as you can get. And I thought, you know, I really want the second album to reflect where I am now. I went up the hill with a good friend of mine. His name is Bruce Fiegel. He did the front cover. And there's a spot where there was a huge fire, like a big forest fire that came raging through. I think it was two years ago, maybe. It just stopped. They put it out. So there's this divide where it's like all black trees and then new growth. And that idea for me just resonated with the whole album, this idea of like burning this part of you, you know, clearing it out, getting rid of it. But you have to do that in order for the new stuff to come through. We shot a bunch of stuff up there. I like the, there's an emptiness, but it's not sad. That, oh my gosh, I'm so glad that came across. Because I did not want it to be like this arty bullshit where it's just like, oh, look what she did. Oh, look at that. She put two chairs in the middle of nowhere. How clever. Like, no, I did not want that. One of the biggest themes for me listening to this album, which we haven't even talked about it yet. The album is fantastic. <laughs> Oh. It is. It's it's great. One of the things that really stands out in this album, and not to say that the last album isn't amazing, because it is, all of your songs on Wild is the Wind and on this, there's a certain amount of comfort. You just sing with comfort. 
And in this one, it seems like there's a, just a little more confidence. Did you feel more confident making this album? Great question. I felt not confident going into it. Last time we talked, I was just about to go into the studio. I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure. Uh, yep. I was just about to go into Capitol. You know, I kind of realized Peter Erskine has played with everyone and he's played with Kate Bush, who is probably my biggest musical idol. Like he's played with literally everyone. Yeah. And um, I'm going to be face to face with him in four days or whatever it was. You know, I was like, I need to hold my shit together because this <laughs> is a huge deal. Not to mention like the rest of the guys are giants. You yeah, know? there's a and couple good musicians on this. Just a few. <laughs> <laughs> and I hadn't done anything, you know, for years. We went to Capitol from Wednesday to Saturday. We wrapped at 10.30 on Saturday night, and I left the next morning for Seattle to go donate my kidney. So there was just so much on my mind. Mm -hmm. And we ended up only keeping, I think, three songs because I didn't really know it at the time. It wasn't until much, much later that I realized on the on the playbacks, I have way more to give. Way, oh. way, way more in me now. I just knew it. And I talked to Shelly and he said, I don't know, it's pretty good. Like, I think everything's okay. And I was like, no, I need to at least have another go at it and know if what I'm feeling inside is the truth or if it's just me having this like delusional moment. He set up a recording session in Miami at um, Gloria and Emilio Estefan's studio at Crescent Moon. And I will shout them out to the moon. They gave me the studio for free. Wow. Yeah. I only had to pay for the engineer and it was such a gift. You know, it was 15 songs. We had three days and I did the first one. I came back in the booth and Shelly said, you were right. And so I just redid everything. And some of it we didn't actually replace, but I would say 90% was replaced in Miami. And that was almost five months to the day after we recorded. The confidence was then, yes, totally back. Did you decide what songs went on here? Shelly and I met in June of 2022. He came here to my, my house and we sat at my piano. And I had a list of about 22 songs that I wanted to try. Shelley's criteria is he has to believe in the lyrics. That is mm. really, really important to him. And he also has to know that there is something that he can do with the song that's different. He and I both feel strongly about that. There's no point in doing a cover unless you're going to do it quite a lot differently. Mm-hmm. And so we sat at the piano. We spent a couple hours and we just went through everything. But every song was one that I brought to the table, the only exception being Fragile, which I wanted to do what the world needs now, and Shelly wanted to do Fragile, and I said, why don't we do them both Uh, at the same time? Yeah. That was one of the specific songs I was going to ask you about on this album is Fragile, because the the production's insane. I was (laughs) very intrigued at what the process was for even coming up with that, which that actually makes more sense. Shelly started playing fragile kind of as is. He said, just find it, find your way through it. And I started singing what the world needs now. So it's the basic idea of, you know, the fragile song and then what the world needs now and and just combining these like massive love bomb together to say like the world is on fire and we really should try to do something. You can probably tell like (laughs) neither Shelly or I are latin of any kind like i'm a norwegian (laughs) scandinavian weirdo and he's you know skinny jewish guy (laughs) and so but we both just really love that latin vibe and like whether it's songo or samba or whatever it is like we both love that so it's it's on the album a lot yeah i love that about this album that latin feel yeah Um, and i smiled so big when when i heard you go into what the world needs now like <laughs> i remember like my first reaction like i i shook my head and like it was one of those like cartoon moments <laughs> where i felt myself like wait what and i agree like the world is a dumpster fire we do need a lot more love right now so we should probably mention that w- when we're recording yeah. this uh bert just passed away just a few days um, ago yeah that dude could write a song i tell you what yeah an amazing a catalog of and an amazing life. Random That's... trivia about that song. Do you know that they offered it to Dionne Warwick first and she turned it down? So Jackie did it. Yep. And then later Oops. Dionne 
Warwick ended up doing it twice. She did two versions of it in the end, but oh, I didn't know she did two versions. I didn't yeah, know she either. did two, and she turned it down, saying <laughs> she thought it was too country. Is yeah. what I read somewhere. I read too that country. Too. I think she just thought it was a little too like doopy doop. She didn't. <laughs> she didn't think it was like a super strong song, even though she liked the message. And then, I mean, I'm using that from now on. Doopy doop. Doopy doop. <laughs> what What are you drinking there, Carrie? Well, funny you should ask. The last time we talked, I was not allowed to yeah, drink. Yeah, you couldn't drink. You were and, too busy being a good person and right? donating things. I know. Now I'm back on the wagon, not heavily, but are there bitters uh, on there? Is that a sour? Oh, it is a sour, but it's a rum sour. Oh my! This is two ounces of rum, ounce of lemon juice, egg white, some syrup if you have it or sugar if you're a lazy dog like me and bitters <laughs> on the top that looks uh incredibly good it's delicious and i'm shocked that you are not drinking as well this is an irish coffee all right i'm gonna have to believe you because i can't see through it, it really, you can see the irish whiskey that i used right there you um, know i just got out of a jury duty and that is not evidence <laughs> snap well i've got like eight singles right here and you know no spoilers to the real world, but we're actually shooting a double episode, so I will have a clear glass bottle of alcohol. Drink, not a bottle. I think I'm just saying two glass <laughs> in our next episode. I love it you interests- people that make drinks. I can just open cans. That's what I'm good at. I can... What and bottles. Drinking, My standard IPAs is kind of what I stick to, so this one's from Terminal Gravity Brewing in okay. Oregon. You are in a very, very interesting position which intrigues me as far as you are independent but you do have the popularity you have these incredible musicians doing your albums but what's difficult is you're not in a band so if you want to do live shows you want to do things like that you can't just get the group out and go to a club and how does that work how do you get out there to promote so this year I kind of made the decision like I really do want to play out more I wanted to promote this album And so I tried desperately to book a West Coast tour. I reached out to a lot of venues on the West Coast. I got a response from one. Pitched it with this lineup. Dean Parks, Kevin Axt, Brian Kilgore, Peter Erskine, who was just nominated for a Grammy and was nominated for a Grammy when I pitched this tour, Shelley Berg, and Tom Scott. And I got response from one Catalina Jazz Club in LA, who took me on and said okay, and that's so depressing. It, it's yeah. it was a, it was incredibly disheartening. You know, I can understand that you haven't heard of me. I mean, it's not hard to go online and go look at an album, listen to thirty seconds, and be like, oh yeah, they should be in a jazz club, right? You're preaching to the choir because you know the second thing is like, you may not know me, but you know every single one of these guys. Like, yeah. I'm sorry, but if you don't know Tom Scott and you don't know Peter Erskine and you're in the jazz world, you don't know yeah. jazz. All the guys were totally down, totally ready to do it. They you oh, know, man. said their schedules, they could make everything work. You know how it is in this I business. Do. You have to have the thickest fucking skin ever. Like you can't take no for an answer unless you're ready to be done. And you also just can't let it get to you. That got to me. It was, yeah. it was tough. Do you think that you'd have a better, better luck if you did a, like a Midwest to South tour, New Orleans to St. Louis, Kansas Possibly. city? I mean, I, I can try. <laughs> well, I just feel like there is uh, unfortunately, and I am a West coaster, so I'm saying it as a West coaster, I'm proud of where I'm from, but <laughs> you go to those cities and there's. you can't go 10 feet without walking into good jazz. So here's the only problem with that. So when you're on the West Coast, you can logistically drive, right? And unfortunately, because I am independent, that means I'm subsidizing that. I'm footing that bill. And Getting a drum kit over to New Orleans might not be that easy. (laughs) I haven't tried theaters, but I just don't think I have a big enough name yet. But clubs just do not pay enough to make Mm -hmm. that viable. I put so much money into this album that the well isn't you know, empty, but it's certainly, I'm scraping 
gravel. I think it's important for people to hear that though, because I think it's easy to hear an album like this and you see the names. It's easy to forget that you're still an independent artist, Mm -hmm. that you poured all of yourself, your money, your time into this. I think it's easy to just look at the names and and see how well engineered and produced it is and just be like, oh, she just walked into Capitol (laughs) Records and that's not the story for anybody anymore. No, you know? it's it's crazy. And, you know, here's like a, another really cool shout out to Mark from Pure Nonsense. You know, oh, yeah, verse, course, verse, dude. Mm-hmm. Um, while I was recording in Capitol, he bought Wild as the Wind vinyl while I was in the studio. And I was like, Mark, you don't have to do that. It's OK. I'll send you a copy. And he's like, no, I know how much it costs just to be in Capitol for an hour. I'm buying this album. And it's like, those are the moments where you just go, ah, dang. Okay, it's worth it. Shout out, Mark. You got your shout out. (laughs) (laughs) I love Mark. As far as the arranging, you and Shelly at a piano, what's it like? Basically, uh, at least initially. And then it gets a little bit more technical. So Shelly just pulls out his iPhone and records what we're doing. I sing along to it. He plays like on Fix You. He definitely wanted strings on that. And in my head, I'm like, no, I hear a trumpet. I hear a trumpet and like a rock guitar. Like, yeah. So, you know, we so had you've a, been listening to too much pet sounds, I think. Uh, who hasn't? <laughs> Shelly goes away for a while and he sends over kind of like karaoke versions of what he's done. And dude, he does everything himself on his computer, like he plays every single part, whether it's a horn part, a bass part, a string part, whatever. Mm. He plays them all. And then he sends me that and he goes, oh, how's the key? How's the tempo? What do you think about this? What do you think? You know, and then we kind of just go back and forth. And then the great part is we get to the studio. Shelly would play that karaoke version in, you know, in, in the booth and I would sing to it so the guys could have an idea of what we wanted But then after, I think, the third song or maybe fourth, we stopped playing the karaoke version Mm -hmm. and just went onto the floor. And I'd say from that point on, like at least half, if not more, our first take off the floor. All the magic came while we were playing it. And so many times one or more than one person would just say like, hey, I can do it again, but I can't I can do it differently, but I can't do it better than the first time we did it. So that to me is like holy cow this album is full of like first take wow. for at least for the music side not for the vocals but for the music some of them had never heard some of these songs before and they just went and made that out of it on the first try but you know i've listened to this album a good amount over the past week or two that's fucking crazy <laughs> <laughs> I was Pretty wondering, awesome. like, how did you choose the order? And did you record them in the order that they ended up on the album? We did not record them in that order. Shelly always surprises me in the studio. Every time I've recorded with him, he always picks the first song. I never pick the first song to record. And he always picks a song that I would never, ever pick. On the first album, it was Too Late Now, which is like, why? Why? <laughs> and on this album, he chose If When You Go. And it was just like... Are you serious, dude? Like, I'm not even, uh, okay, all right. <laughs> you know, and we, we did it. We had a little more structure to it this time simply because we had two bass players, mm. Kevin for the first two days, and then we had Carlitos for the third day, and we had to make sure we got everything from Kevin that we wanted. So, How do you get past the nerves of being in a recording studio like that with those people? That's the cool thing is the nerves are all before I get into the booth. As soon as I'm in the booth, it doesn't matter if I'm looking here and three feet from me is Peter Erskine and three feet from me is Shelley Berg and three feet from me is Dean Parks. Once it drops, it's like everything goes away. It's just the song. And I can't even explain that because I tend to overthink everything. There is something about the connection, especially between me and Shelley, that is so pure. As soon as I hear him play, it's like putting blinders on. It's mm-hmm. gone. Yeah. There's some of these too that I was, DL mentioned the confidence that we can hear in your voice. And I'm thinking like some of these that are like really well known. How do you, how do you have that confidence when you know you're about to sing a Michael Jackson off of one of the biggest albums of all time? <laughs> and, you know, my stomach would just be like in my throat. That's one of the cool ones is, you know, a lot of them, it's because it's so different from the yeah. original. It's not like singing karaoke or something where, you know, you're going to be compared. 
So that that difference makes it easier because it does make it like a new song. The only song that I nearly peed my pants on was Lover, You Should Have Come Over because I couldn't get there. I could not access it. So we had Wednesday, Thursday, Friday with all the musicians and then Saturday was supposed to be vocal day and I'm supposed to do 15 songs in one day. Like, Mm -hmm. cool. You know, that was the very last song I was supposed to be doing. I knew that I wanted to start at the octave down because Shelly kept it in the original key, which I couldn't even believe. My mom, who was, bless her, she stayed here at the house with my cat, you know, my little (laughs) blind toothless cat while I was in the studio. And she was on FaceTime for 14 hours a day. She kept a FaceTime feed from the booth and she watched every song. She listened to every note. She took copious notes, not just for me, but, you know, for everybody. And there were so many times where we ended up, what day did we do or who played on that? And we'd be like, call Carrie's mom. And she she would have it all. She had everything. She's, oh man, I know where I got my type A. It's awesome. And so (laughs) I was just done. And I was, and I said, like, I don't think we should do it. And Shelly was like, no, 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 no. We're going to keep it. And my mom, she kind of whispers, she goes, check your texts. So I go to my phone and I'm like, I look at it and it says, don't give up on this one. And I just, okay. So we kept it and we wrapped without me finishing it. And now I listen back to the original. I wouldn't ever release it. Wow. Best mom ever. Seriously. <laughs> shout out to Carrie's mom. You're That's telling me. Parenting right there. Wow. <laughs> Amazing. It really was. Yeah. So is that song your baby then? What's your favorite song on the album? Um, favorite song is Good Things Fall Apart. I love yeah. the way that you switched from 4-4 four, four to 6-8 back and forth. That the arrangement gave it a whole is new, yeah. so good on that yes. song. Have you heard the original? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Isn't that, which one is that? Who John wrote, Bellion. John and Bellion and... Uh, yeah. Millennium. Yeah. I hadn't heard it before this version. Okay, cool. I heard it because of this. I love that. Um, you know you made me cry on what? this album? On Fix You. When the the tear stream part where you come in with the you already know this about me, the the wall of vocals will get me every time. And that song and the lyrics that went along with that, I had, <laughs> I had to take a second and like, oh, oh, Sven, that's like the biggest compliment ever. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Thank you. That was a funny one because um, that's just Shelly and I, that wall of sound. Mm. We each did probably 20, 24 tracks each. Wow. Sounds huge. Yeah. Yeah. We were going to hire a choir, you know, to make it. And then we thought, no, let's just try it and see if we can do it ourselves. Shelly went in and then I went in and then we kind of went back and forth and we're like, I think it's there. To me, that's the right choice. I think that's the the vibe of this album is very undressed, relaxed. Mm -hmm. There is a... words see i'm telling you it's an irish coffee i promise there's there's a very very risky thing involved with creating smooth jazz which is that it can very easily be seen as fake Mm -hmm. particularly for the singer i think that it's one of those genres where people can immediately spot if you mean what you're singing or not there is such a calm confidence in your singing in this album there's such a could i sing louder here could i do more here yeah I could, but why Why would I do that? And it's through the entire album. The vibe for the whole album is perfect. Wow, thank you. It is so nice to know that somebody actually gets it. I don't think it's that hard to get when you, you know, a couple times through and- You'd be surprised. Like, oh. <laughs> Have you gotten negative reviews? I won't say negative. I will say, so this go around, I worked with Jazz Fuel, uh, Matt Fripp, he's out of Paris. I wanted to have some more European exposure because I kind of felt that that's where this might land a little bit softer. And the overwhelming response is that it sounds simple, but it's complex, which is great. Mm -hmm. I love that. It's not that I have a huge range or particularly captivating. It's that I'm honest. Okay, great. I love that. But I've heard a couple of times that it has too much of a West Coast sound. And (laughs) I understand like the jazz police are always going to say that. And, you know, this is one of the things I'm going to be faced with anytime with either of these albums really because that's so weird because your style does not look i'm not talking shit about yeah. there are jazz singers that are great that scat that's not your style 
No. Like if you started scatting in a song, you'd be like, oh, well. It would sound forced. It's going to land differently for different people. But, you know, I just got reviewed in Jazz Times uh, that's going to come out very shortly. It should be out by the time this is on. And that is a hugely popular positive review. Great. Also just found out that Downbeat's going to review it. I never would have dreamed that was even possible. Mm -hmm. I have no inkling whether it's going to be a good review or a bad review. And even Shelly told me, he's like, be prepared because they can be little jazz policey. So you just need to be ready that that could happen. And I'm like, at this point, I'm okay. I'm good. I've just changed as a human since the last one. Speaking of the last one, speaking of Wild as the Wind, it doesn't feel like there is much of a transitional period from that picking up in popularity. You got your billboard behind you. (laughs) Was there even a transition there or did it just kind of? It was there because there were four years in between recording and releasing that first one Mm -hmm. you know the release happened in 2021 I knew the machine that is the industry it was gonna say like what's next no matter whether I was ready or not I had to record I was very different from when I recorded the first one maybe not from when I released it I had more confidence I felt far more comfortable playing with that level of musician and I think that does show because like you say, all the words you're saying, you know, relaxed, comfortable, calm, like that is how we all felt. It was very much, it was very gooey in that room. Like (laughs) everybody loved each other. Everybody was so happy and so excited to be playing with each other. We were still deep in COVID. Even when we're eating lunch together, everybody's kind of like, be careful. Let's be careful. I think that transition did come and the room just felt better. Capital's Fucking amazing. Sorry. It was. We cuss on this show. That's It's closed now. (laughs) I know, but uh, yeah. Yeah, that's crazy too. Closed now. Yeah. Sven, what's your favorite song on this album? Fix You Made Me Cry. I kind of, that one feels like a no-brainer, but I have a tie for the almost would have been my favorite song if Fix You hadn't made tear stream down my face. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, (laughs) Fragile. I love Fragile so much because... You got what the world's need now, like snuck in there. And it caught me off guard. Like I said, I smiled so huge that like it was a double take moment for me. And then the good things fall apart just because it was so different. I mean, they're all different, but there's something about I love the six eight feel. <laughs> it's like yeah. one of my favorite time signatures anyway. It just gave it a whole nother level of the way it felt. And it was, I don't know, it was so cool. I'm trying to remember, I'll have to find the chart. I think it was actually 12-8. I just can't count because you were going through the <laughs> twice. Well, you can count. I mean, you can count just, it in six. Hey, you six, can count exactly. It in six. Yeah. You can count it in Divide six. it by two. Yeah. There were definitely times on here too, like going back to fix you, like some mm-hmm. of the, the reharmonizations. There were times listening to mm-hmm. actually all three of those songs where I wish I had the charts in front of me because I was taking guesses. I'm like, is that like some tricked out C augmented? <laughs> no, that's like a D7 with the C in the bass. Like what? I listened even earlier today before we hopped on. I had like my guitar in my lap just li- giving everything one last listen through and trying to voice some of the chords just to understand where you went with some of it. But That's yeah, so cool. <laughs> it, th- this was a journey. It was an adventure in listening and I oh, loved it. Thank you. Whose idea was it to put horns and I can't help it? I wouldn't be able to say if it was mine or his. I think we both knew. We both innately knew when we talked about it, that it needed horns. Wise choice. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, And I love that you made that the first track. It's like you get to show off your vocal chops right out the gate with something that hopefully people recognize. I'm sure there's some people that have no clue. I knew I wanted to open with something really strong, Mm -hmm. uh, partly because, you know, Wild opened with something sort of mid-tempo. And I just knew like sophomore syndrome, you know, everybody's going to be Well, maybe I just overthink this, but, you know, in my (laughs) mind, like everyone who heard the first album is going to be going, oh, well, you know, what are you going to, how are you going to make it better than that? And then I was like, I'm just going to just jam this in your face. Like, there it is. (laughs) That's this album. Here it is, you know, hit it hard right away and then flip the coin and be like, yep, here's the other side. Remember me? I love ballads. Hi, it's me. Here here I am again. Yeah. You did. It was like. (laughs) Since I Fell For You is the exact opposite. It was just so sparse when it started out. That was the goal. I, I mean, I created the, the order myself. And 
I didn't actually give Shelly any input until like right before I sent everything in. I was like, hey, Shelly, is this okay with you? And he's like, yeah, it's great. And uh, thank God, because I probably spent two weeks with these little stupid squares of paper that I <laughs> had made. And uh, it was actually my husband who was adamant that it had to be eight songs. I wanted 10. He said, it has to be eight. It has to fit on one album this time. Like it oh. has to, <laughs> yeah, especially because of, of yeah. doing the, the 180 gram, yeah. you know, like yeah. Uh, I was bummed for that. But then I thought, well, I've got more songs in the pocket than to release as singles or exactly. to make a second, you know, make a third album out of that. And the songs that didn't make the album are really good. Even Shelly said one of them, he was shocked that it wasn't on there. I'm wow. so excited to hear the future releases then. Don't keep us waiting too long. If anybody wants to strategize with me, <laughs> if anybody wants to be my manager, I'm yeah. raising my hand now. Carrie, I'm not just saying it because you're a friend of the pod. This album's fantastic. It really honestly is. Thank you. I loved listening to it it so you know i'm being honest it took me a couple listens to get figured out but what i love all the arrangements are great your aura through it is great good things fall apart it's really good and then you get to the last song lover you should have come over and that kicked my ass that song is so good it's so good is that your favorite yes okay yeah. i love the album good things fall apart is probably second favorite but when i got to lover you should come over that just that hit me different really? it was it's so good i'm so glad that you didn't put it in the can oh me, yeah me too that <laughs> so you can thank my mom thanks mom <laughs> thanks mom yeah. um one last question mm -hmm. and then i'll let you go not for long Kind of a little bit of a two-parter number one as an independent artist as somebody people are obviously gonna find this and listen to it that are fans of yours or they're just they like independent artists they like music in your time as an independent artist what is the biggest thing that people can do to support you Oof. besides look the vinyls on carrie kirkland.bandcamp.com you can buy it there you can buy it on our website the biggest thing we can do is buy people's shit buy the vinyl that absolutely helps purchasing physical merchandise is huge. But the other thing that, you know, despite how much I wish everyone had a record player or and or a CD player, um, which by the way, show you how I do my, what I'm listening to Wednesdays <laughs> on my Instagram. Yeah. Oh my God. I owned that exact same disc man. That's Holy crap. Where'd you even find thing? that? I've had this obviously forever. I've been doing this thing on my Instagram called what I'm listening to. And um, oh, I, that's the reason I started doing it was because I uh, found this Discman and I have so many CDs. I mostly collected in the 90s. As much as I wish people had CD players or Discman or Walkman or whatever, we're in a streaming society. Yep. Love it or hate it, that's where we are. And so following, following's huge because it does trigger the algorithm. Saving is huge. Sharing is massive. And I know that like everybody's got their own stuff going on. Everybody has their own things that they're trying to promote, especially as artists. Uh, one thing I really try to do is shout out other artists. And I try to do that on uh, the socials because who knows, maybe if five people see it and listen, that's just five more people that wouldn't have seen and listened. So it feels kind of like a shameless ask, but share the it's, work, share I the mean, work. That's, and it's part of the job. It's not yeah. shameless. It's, it's what the industry <laughs> has forced people to do now. Right. You know, I love what you guys are doing on YouTube and I wish that I had, could put more time toward doing something like that. And I feel like I need to because I've watched your engagement rise over the, mm -hmm. you know, a very short time. I can see it's working. Yeah. You know, that's another thing where it's like I have artists come to me a lot of times in my messages or email or whatever and say, how are you doing what you do? I am super forthright with that. We can all help each other. We can all yes. share our own tips. And it's like there's no reason for me to keep what I'm doing secret from anybody who wants to know, mm -hmm. help each other, well, help that's each other out. Absolutely. I also think that it's not, unfortunately, it's not some magic pill. The reason that no. you are having success, the reason that I think that we are having success is because you put so much time and effort into your product. You care about your quality of product. 
And if you do that, there is no magically one day 10,000 people are going to be listening. That doesn't <laughs> no, work like that. It's... But like I went on Angie's site, the artist who you guys mm-hmm. featured, and I bought some note cards. And it's like, that's how we all connect, right? Yes. And like, same thing, I bought Mark's single when it came out and Michael Daughtry's and, you know, whoever it is, you know, yeah, sometimes I look at my PayPal and it's like, do you want to buy this with your PayPal balance? And I'm like, yep, <laughs> I, I guess I sure do. Because if I haven't taken it out of there, it's not real. So I might as well buy some other art with it. And, you know, this is a hard time for lots of people. So I don't expect it. You know, sharing is actually just as meaningful to me as as buying. Get it out there. I think that's the perfect way to end this episode. Anybody that wants to hear more, Carrie, go to the last episode. The last episode we did also features the wonderful, amazing Carrie Kirkland. Go to her website. Go to her Instagram. We will be promoting it on our Instagram. I'm sure that I will say something on one of my YouTubes, uh, the Verse Course First stuff. Carrie, you have something very, very cool coming up that we talked about it in the last episode, but we're going to talk about it again. We had to be a little picky with when we recorded this because you decided to climb a mountain. You you always seem to get me right before I'm about to do some life-changing thing. So uh, <laughs> yeah, the true. next time we talk, I don't know what the hell it's going to be. But Yeah, what are you <laughs> donating next, Carrie? <laughs> um, yeah, I am climbing Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania, Africa, with a group of about 35 Kidney donors, liver donors, kidney recipients, liver recipients, kidney transplant surgeon from UCLA and a bunch of nurses. We are climbing as a group to raise awareness about living donation and being a human who is even willing to get tested and get entered into the national registry as a donor. Our goal is to just spread the word about kind of erasing the stigma around living donation and what that means for an impact on your life. Uh, A lot Mm -hmm. of people think once you give a part of your body away that your life kind of changes or ends and definitely changes, but it doesn't end. And this is to really show people that you can still lead an extremely active and if not extreme lifestyle. So that is coming up. I leave a week from today. I'm tired come just back thinking sick, about right? that. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty nervous. So uh, uh, if this is my, um, what do they call it? <laughs> Memorial episode? Everybody, no, I, I no. love you guys and and um, very honored don't, to don't have been here. Don't put that jinx on us, Carrie. No. We can't, re- we can't recover from that. <laughs> I, I feel like this could be, you could get probably a lot of listeners from that. Oh, well, you know what? In that case. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of cool people dying this year, so hey. Jeez. Uh, too many. Well, <laughs> too many. It needs to slow down. We're going to leave it with that jinx. Uh, Carrie, you're one of my favorites. I think that you should come on again in about 30 minutes. What do you say? I think that sounds badass and fantastic. Carrie Kirkland, everybody. Well, Carrie Kirkland, Sven. Yeah. She's hey, you likeable. know what I figured out? What's that? If I buy vinyl with my wife's credit card, Uh-oh. I'm not buying the vinyl. Oh. <laughs> don't know that. Does that work- make sense? <laughs> I don't know that workarounds Maybe. work for your own personal morals. I don't. I think that's the whole point of them. <laughs> that was fantastic. Having her talk about it, having her discuss the methods, that makes me like it even more. You know what I love? I, I was ready to do like the full, like when we usually dissect an album and go track by track and dig into the nitty gritty of all the different musical things that we normally throw into like an album dissection. Yep. And I love yep. that we didn't do that. There was way more about the process not a lot of people get to hear that often enough if at all that actually was probably more important the music's fantastic anyone can go listen to it and then form all the opinions but like it's it's awesome that she gave us a peek into how it all came together that's a lot of work did you it's so much work people did you hear how much work carrie did on that like that's it's a job but it's also the craziest job to have it's a passion because you know there's a damn good chance that not only are you not going to make money on it but you're going to lose your ass and i'm not saying at all that that's what's happening to her 
I think that she, continuing with the success of Wild as the Wind, I think that she'll do great. I think this album deserves to be bought and to be popular, and I hope she gets back on the billboards. I think she will with this. But yeah, Carrie Kirkland, everybody, CarrieKirkland.com, CarrieKirkland.bandcamp.com. Go to her Instagram, go to our Instagram, we'll be plugging it away. Sven, you're the man. Thanks for having me. Any, this, this was a blast. We're so cool. Good night and good luck. Never more.